0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future in Review podcast. My name is Barrett Anderson. I am the host, and I am also the Chief Operating Officer of Future in Review and the Strategic News Service, our weekly uh, global report focused on the future of technology and the global economy. And I'm here today with uh, a new friend of mine, Richard Socher, who uh, Richard and I met at Fortune Brainstorm this year in Aspen. And Richard is the CEO of U.com, which is a competitor to Google. So we're gonna talk a little bit more today about why anyone would take on that Herculean task, uh, how things got started and what it means and how it, how it feels and like what the strategic considerations are to try to build a competitor to a company that has essentially a monopoly on search. Um, so Richard, thank you so much for, for being with me me and us here today it's really great to see you again thanks for having me um so i'm curious if you could tell me i think your your previous role before doing this you were were you the chief scientist at salesforce right. <laughs> and what about that experience led you to think i should build i should build a google competitor
1: <laughs> i i actually had the idea about 8 years ago or so at the end of my phd oh really uh, and I just couldn't quite shake it off, but it's such an audacious task. And I, you know, as a, an academic for 10 years, it felt too audacious uh, to really go after it right away. Eight years, 10 years ago also, no one was really complaining yet about Google and its privacy violation and the engagement loops that it would suck you in. And the fact that it was just so many ads, all of these problems have gotten worse and worse over the last couple of years with Google. Uh, and so more and more people are now noticing it. Uh, and also worrying about their privacy, their time, and, and having some kind of agency and control over their information diet.
0: Um, I'm curious, you know, you I'm sure you see a lot more about this than the average person. What do you think are the most egregious examples of privacy theft for someone who maybe is not quite up to date on on what Google is doing behind the scenes and is kind of just, you know, happily using their Gmail and, and Google Docs setup? Like, what to you are th- are things that make you would make you as a consumer say this is not okay?
1: So there's sort of very high level things uh, with the whole economy uh, that that struggles, uh and is less efficient because of Google, and then there's sort of user specific. Things. Uh, users specifically uh, often complain about the fact that they search for something once and then it follows them around the internet forever. Mm-hmm. They decide yeah. not to buy it or they did already buy it and then it right. still follows them around and it's just kind of an annoying experience. So that happens more and more. Uh, and then, of course, the fact that you can be hyper targeted and it can almost undermine democracy uh, in some insidious ways uh, are not ideal. And then people also are shocked when they learn that Google isn't just following them around when they're on Google and on YouTube, but it's almost everywhere else on the web too, where they have tracking pixels that follow you around. Uh, And so even on some very personal private pages that, you know, people usually try to go into into incognito mode for Google is still actually tracking them and identifying what kinds of preferences do, do they have? What kinds of medical issues do they have? And then sell that to the highest bidding advertiser whenever they make a query later on.
0: Interesting. Okay. And so what, so you, have, how long, when did you found you and how long has it been around? What's that evolution been like?
1: Yeah, we, we started in 2020, uh, at the end of 2020 and we launched in November, uh, last year. So just been around for a little more than like nine, 10 months.
0: Wow. And, and did it, did it take you a long time to build?
1: You know, it took it took almost a year, uh, and as we're ramping up the team uh, to get. And of course, we launched like a few months into it in a private beta, and, and got some initial feedback, and then thought we're good enough. Um, yeah. in November last year. But it, it's kind of one of those tasks. Um, similar to, I actually love this quote from Mark Hawkins: "Better, better, never done." Um, uh, Mark Hawkins, the, the former CFO at Salesforce. Better, uh, better,
0: never uh, done. Yeah,
1: that. Better, better, never done. Like you are, you know, you can, and, and search is so, it's so, so true for search, right? That yeah. you can you always do better uh, in various ways. Even, you know, companies like Google that have been added for 20 years that have unlimited resources are still not doing that well on so many searches. And I'd love to maybe show you one emblematic example of that. Uh, is that okay right now?
0: Yeah, yeah, go for it.
1: Nice. Uh, I'll just show you kind of an example. If you're a developer, for instance, a programmer, and you want to compute, uh, have a direct computation for a Fibonacci function, kind of mm-hmm. a Fibonacci function, Google will show you a bunch of lists of blue links. Maybe you can look at people also ask and you know, kind of get more blue links and, um, and, and that's it. And that's just not really helping you program that answer. And then if you look on you.com, you have a Stack Overflow app and you see a piece of code and you have a copy and paste button and then boom, you're done, right? And if, you, if that wasn't exactly the way you wanna do it, you can see more along that dimension, or you can go uh, into a different, very popular site Geeks for Geeks. You can read up uh, more details on a Medium blog post. Yeah. You can see all the videos, you can see GitHub issues and sort of uh open source tools that implemented this. You can see research papers about it. And if those research papers have open source implementations, you find those directly connected to it. And you just compare that and you're like, well, obviously, u.com is better, like it's such a better experience for developers. And it's just one of the many uh use cases that we really dug in looked at what's the job to be done here you want to code something you want to get something done you don't want to spend time like watching a ton of videos sometimes you do sometimes often you don't you really just
0: want the basic instructions right away yeah and you know i think
1: you guys
0: you guys are clearly going after the developer aspect of the market as an inroad to a broader search uh which is really smart because developers, as we all know, are early adopters, right? They're always trying new tools, or they're, like, learning new things, they're eager to, to like, um, and it it seems to me that the other thing that sets you apart from its competitors is that, you know, looking through the search results that you just showed me, it's clear that you have weighted the results uh, according to what sites are most useful or most popular, instead of, when you compare that side by side with Google, it's like, what are the other Google properties, right? So we're you're seeing you're seeing results from Medium, you're seeing result you know highlighted as like a major kind of like forum for discussion or thought leadership on the internet. You're seeing GitHub, you're seeing Stack Overflow, um, and that that you know could seem rather basic, but it's actually pretty revolutionary in the world of search.
1: And it goes uh, even further in that you actually have control over those kinds of apps. So if you go to u.com slash apps, you can actually like not install, right? Because unlike on your phone, you don't need to actually install a search app. But Mm -hmm. the, the equivalent of installing is preferring and then... And the AI will know if it's relevant or oh,
0: So you actually have control over your personal algorithm is what you're saying.
1: Exactly.
0: You, can yeah. up, you, be, you, are, you have become the trainer for your personal search algorithm.
1: Exactly. And you can say, you know, I want to see more Twitter and more Reddit, or I don't want to see W3 school, which some people really dislike, but then it is coming up in search results all over. But here you can just say, I don't want to see it as eh, often.
0: Yeah.
1: Same with news.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. So... Let's, you launched, you know, less than a year ago, publicly. How, what has the uptake been like so far?
1: It's been surprisingly well. We're several, uh, it's been going really well. It's been several years ahead of where DuckDuckGo was when, when they launched uh, already hundreds of thousands of users. And uh, yeah, it's, it's growing. growing every Hundreds week.
0: of thousands of users focused. And are those people primarily developers? Like, how, what is the breakdown of people that you're seeing open to trying these new,
1: so we don't have a perfect breakdown because we believe in privacy, so we don't yeah. like yeah, True. super well. Uh, but we, you know, we get some sense uh, in aggregation, uh, and it is our largest uh, group of, of users uh, our developers, and those are also folks that they s- use search thirty to sixty minutes a day to find right. solutions. There's an interesting uh, survey from Stack Overflow that just came out a few weeks ago, and so compared to the average user who might just be like, I don't know, Ford one fifty go to the Ford site, <laughs> yeah, weather, yeah. look for the weather and that's it. And then, so maybe the only two searches they make that day, like they might not see as big of a difference yet, you know, and if they don't care in their, about their privacy and their information diet and their time and efficiency, then, then there's less of a strong sale. But for developers, it really matters to have a good search engine.
0: And so how do you balance uh, the, what is your business model? It's I'm guessing it's still ad based, so is that
1: the, the the truth is we currently don't have a business model okay. um, we are so early on. We're a consumer company. we're just focused on growth uh, but you know in the current market and so on it is more and more top of mind and we're working on getting private ads set up. There are a bunch of hurdles you have to get through and, and privacy reviews and all of that. Uh, but we're basically similar to Duck.go want to do private advertisements in the future. Uh, but we also again want to give the option to people to turn that off. And Mm -hmm. to say, oh, I don't want to see any advertisements. I'll just rather pay you uh, a little bit of money every month, uh, like five or 10 bucks or so, and not see any ads. But the truth is ads do make it more accessible for people who are international. We also have tons of international users and and growth in different countries as influencers kind of put out a YouTube video and say, I love you.com. And all of a sudden we get this big spike uh, in Brazil or Argentina or Germany and and, and India. Uh, And so uh, it's been really great to, to see all of that. But yeah, so have, if have I, you
0: got like have you thought about in, and I'm sure you have so but have you thought about how you will I mean I, private ads is great and and um, like I love the you know option. It seems like you're very much focused on the user, right and what they want, right? So yeah, yes, you can have no ads if you want and pay a little bit of money or you can have ads and pay and not pay and pay, you know get it, get it for free. Have you thought about how to balance, you know, particularly as you grow? I'm assuming you're going to continue growing over the next couple of years. Um, have Have you thought about some of these questions that you know Google has been dealing with a lot over the last couple of years? Like, how do you balance, you know, uh, the demands of an authoritarian leader in a, a, for, a foreign country? <laughs> Who wants you to limit what their citizens are seeing? How do you balance like the growth and the pressure of an IPO potentially with uh, with maintaining that that um, commitment to privacy? Like, do you have a do you have a like a a, a plan for those things? I guess is my question.
1: Yeah, great, great questions. I guess they're slightly different. So, so one uh, on the, the monetization, uh, while ads are a clever way to sort of monetize a lot of different kinds of searches, our goal is actually to have apps, not ads. And so mm-hmm. the applications, uh, they can have their own way to monetize. Maybe they have an affiliate link, maybe they provide a particularly useful service. So for instance, we're now already with you Eat comparing different food delivery options, and we just let you order the food right there in your search engine results page. Or you want to do some copy editing, you want to have an AI help you write a blog post, you just basically have you write, you.com slash write, and it'll just write you uh, a whole blog post. And, and then, you know, you pay for those services rather than the ads that lead you somewhere where you may eventually buy that service. And the app store is also uh, opening up. So we're actually this week launching our first uh, open platform app where we didn't even actually implement the app, but other companies can participate you know, in uh, our privacy security and speed requirements and, and, and guidelines, they can participate on that first page of the search engine's results page. And that I think is a reason why a lot of companies would rather see us succeed uh, than continuing to pay this Google tax. And there's some crazy stories about Google. I can tell you if we, if we have some time about almost like racketeering mafia-like structures that that the sales team sometimes employs there. Um, But to answer your other question, we internally believe very much in trust, facts, and kindness as our three values. And so we will not allow uh, governments to to change and and bias our search results. Uh, We also believe that users should have that control. So you can actually select thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, the kinds of sources that you prefer uh, and we're continuing to increase those and asking users for feedback of what kinds of sources they want, want to see. And then also maybe eventually once we see kind of folks getting one uh, one direction, maybe we'll show them the other side uh, and and have kind of, here's a discovery section where right. you only want to kind of news. Maybe it's good to see the other <laughs> yeah. perspective. Well, maybe it's not as bad or not as good as as you think it is. And that's, that's something I found very helpful. Getting beyond see. the filter bubble. Exactly. Like here's, so. here's
0: where you, you know, I've seen some interesting studies on that, uh, like showing people where they fit into the intellectual kind of like universe or political universe, and sh- and 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 demonstrating what folks in other parts of the ideological space think and are talking about is actually helpful. Uh, in reducing political polarity, so that sounds very interesting. Um, so let's talk about the Google part because this is, I think, the the trickiest challenge to building a Google competitor. What have you experienced? How is that? How has that shaped your your role and your journey as a CEO? What have you like? What challenges have you come up, come up against in that way?
1: So uh, there there are so many. Um, it's it's kind of rough. Uh, I'll just do a couple of concrete ones. One is. We have a Chrome extension to actually change the behavior of your URL navigation bar where you would type in your searches and Mm -hmm. website addresses. And so it's like it it takes some convincing uh, and and sort of providing people an amazing experience and everything to get people to say, all right, I'm going to make that switch. I'm going to change my URL bar and default to u.com rather than to Google. Once you do that, it waits for a few seconds and then there's a pop-up. Uh, And if you just make just click OK on the pop up, then boom, we're actually gone, and Google is back to be the default. And then we actually have to read it. We're like, are you sure you want to change your search engine to you.com com? And the default button, it's sort of blue, and the the right one is, no, I want to switch back to Google. And the sort of white on white background button in the bottom left is the like, no, I actually want to keep you.com. That's why I just installed this extension. And so that is one of the examples of, of how you know, Google owns the operating system, the browser, and everything, uh, and, and use that uh, monopoly power in, for their own. Then, on top of it, we have an Android app uh, mm-hmm. where we basically allow you to put a little search box widget on your home screen so you can search directly from your home screen. Well, if you install it and you want, you even turn on the option to get that search box, it's on your second home screen we the first home screen, there's um. the screen. And then Google pays $15 billion a year uh, to Apple. Apple uh, seems to care a lot about privacy on, on the right hand, but on the left hand, they get these $15 billion from Google. Uh, and so, you know, every year, it's just like, let that sink in. How much money Google extracts from its users uh, to be able to pay $15 billion a year to Apple to be the default. And iPhone users very often don't change the defaults. And so... They're there. And not only that, but Apple also somehow doesn't allow you to change your search engine to anything. I that they... that. And so we had to build an entire iPhone browser and search app that is now at the bottom of my shortcuts bar here instead mm. of Safari. And it filters out tracking, it filters out ads, and it lets you have u.com as your default search engine. But it's again, it's like, you know, you don't have to think that maliciously to say, well, they get $15 billion a year from Google. Why is there not a possibility to change my default search engine and Safari to anything but these like three, four options that that Apple approves of that are just clearly not as good as Google and hence like maybe not the threat and and others you you can't add. So it is very- Well, and
0: as we all know, users will do the easiest thing most of the time, right? And so if you can make it just hard enough, if you can make it just hard enough for them to, like try opt into a product they you're going to probably reduce the ability of whether it's you or some other search engine but i mean how what is the actual impact of that been for you
1: i mean we we see it in in our statistics right there are a bunch of people who click the button to install our chrome extension and then we immediately lose 10 to 15 sometimes even 30 percent, depending on the week uh to the people that just clicked okay and then they're like installed the extension but google immediately deactivated it so it it does hurt directly um our you know our bottom line and our top line growth and everything so so it's 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 pretty rough and then just having to build an entire browser when you're trying to be a search engine company yeah also kind of rough like i we didn't want to have to build a browser but now we build an android browser we build an iphone browser and Mm -hmm may even have to eventually do it for desktop uh, because there is no other independent browser anymore that lets you make an easy choice there. So that's that's from the user perspective, but for companies, I've heard several crazy stories and one of them comes from one of our investors. Uh, So it's very close and and verified, but if you're a company that actually succeeds in creating a ton of useful content and you get tons of users um, on your site through SEO and through Google, then uh, what, at some point will happen is the google sales ads team will reach out to you and say hey do you want to you want to buy some ads to get mm-hmm. more traffic and if you then make the mistake to say no we're already getting enough traffic boom you're on page 8 all of a sudden Right, so no punitive, more
0: you're saying there's a punitive reaction if you if you uh decline to, to become a sales customer
1: yeah so i've i've heard this story twice now and and, you know, they, of course, Google would say, oh, well, like we have to change our search quality algorithm. Maybe right. like, and why? Right. but like, it's very, very odd that it happened to multiple organizations in that sort of a time frame and, and so it's almost like a mafia, like you need protection for your business. <laughs> and if you don't, you know, like get that. Oh, your customers no are all dying. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden your traffic plummets by 95% down to a trickle. So it's... Yeah like it clearly needs to have this more open platform that we're now working on uh, at u.com and we're letting companies kind of participate and then really giving users the control through the voting to see what they actually find helpful.
0: Well, this has been fascinating. We are unfortunately out of time. I want to respect your time. Um, I could talk to you about uh, Google Horror Stories all day. I I find them so interesting. Um, And I know that there's a lot of ongoing investigation by the DOJ specifically in this antitrust space. So um, I guess my final question for you is just how are you participating in that? And what is your thought on on what like what they're pursuing, what the DOJ is pursuing as far as their strategy?
1: I think I think it's helpful. I think it's important, you know, similar to uh, oil and and like potentially rising oil prices and you know, sort of collusion there. I think it's better for end users ultimately to have some competition. Um, we're we're seeing a little bit of that competition now. I think these kinds of things will provide tailwinds. Uh, I've been interviewed by uh, some of these uh, efforts uh, already, also, and and share my share my viewpoints and and our experiences. Uh, and and yeah, but of course, as a startup founder you can't really wait for the government to like. No, no,
0: you have ask, to move on your own. <laughs> you got to figure out how to work around it.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we got to do what we got to do.
0: Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. You are now an honorary member of, FIRE is a very family focused company. So you're now an, an honorary member of the Anderson family and the SMS tribe. So um, mm-hmm. I'll be sending you free, a free membership, um, but we, please let us know if there's anything we can do to support you on your entrepreneurial journey. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Barrett. Boom.